The following podcast discusses alternative sexual practices in loving and detailed terms, and as such may not be appropriate for young children, those who are not using headphones, or anyone who would purchase Donald Trump's voice for their GPS system unironically. Listener discretion is advised. Podcast of wholesome kink and perverted knitting. I'm Sarah Kane. I'm Lansing Mike. And yeah, compared to the last, really last couple of episodes, um, things have been calm, sedate. I mean, in, in kink wise, yeah, crafting wise, yeah, much, yeah, too busy other ways, much less eventful. Um, but it's good to have those down weeks to, to give yourself a chance to recharge. And, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that would only be if it was quiet all around. Oh well, when you're yeah. working yourself to death. No. <laughs> well, anyway, in in the world last week, I was supposed to have another session with my favorite fisters, mm-hmm. and I was up. I was ready for it. All planned. I purchased a few items, and then. On my lunch break that Friday, got the message that uh, one of them came down with a case of food poisoning from bad Chinese, and the party was off. And I was like, oh, that sucks, but get get better soon. So, yes, happy... Well, that's the trouble when you plan something with, you know, the more people you include, the more, you know... I mean, if they're all essential, that is, then the more chance it's not going to happen because, you know... Right, and, you know... Multiple schedules, things happening, it's like, oh. Yeah, and, you know, fortunately, even though there were three of us, the other two live together, so can kind of schedule them generally as a unit. Okay. But, yeah, things like food poisoning happens, and that... Food poisoning, not feeling great. Uh, yeah, or ju- just had, a nasty cold. But I know. mean, I've had you know, I've missed dungeon parties because I just wasn't feeling up to it, and yeah. it's just energy at levels. It's like, okay, I'll go there and mm-hmm. then sit in a corner and watch other people do have fun stuff, but not even like that won't even be enough for me to enjoy it. So it's like, oh, okay, no. Yeah, that, that's why I know it's like no. Do I want do I want to watch people fucking? No. Okay, then I'm just gonna stay home and nap or sleep or <laughs> or do something else. I'm always in such high demand. They, they miss me when I'm not at the the dungeon parties. So, um, speaking of, we went to last night. The two of us went to. Can't really well, call it number six. Anymore. No, it, it, it's not number six dungeon party because that ended. Yes, there um, were 300 of them, and the 300th was the final two months ago. And since then, it's the same basic thing, same guest list, same yes. location, same format. It's just yeah. a gathering. I think they call it a gathering for preverts, perverts, and postverts. Yes, that that is, uh, that is how it was described uh, in the email. 
But I even saw on like yeah. the sign-in sheet, it was like gathering number two. So you know, it, it, you it, know, it, it started over, and yeah. So I've already missed half. Yeah, we were not there for the first uh, gathering. Um, for yeah, I I think that was when I had the the fisting session. Okay. Um, oh, that's right. Because yeah. I, th- I was thinking of going all by myself. Because I figured, okay, I have directions. I can do this, and then I either work or something came up, and I'm like, no, I'm I'm good. I was like, okay, I could probably find my way there, but no. <laughs> I, yeah. I've got life that I have to deal with, and it's like, I think that's what happened that weekend. Okay, yeah. Uh, so, let's see here. What sorts of things... We, were, we showed up, and first of all, I think we were like, everyone was upstairs. Uh, yes, by every, the door, everybody so it seemed really was upstairs, crowded. Yeah. Um, I think it was about a, a typical number of people who've been there. So, But just when we showed up, it was like everyone was there in the living room, kitchen, and it just seemed, like, really crowded. Uh, yeah, it, there, there was not much elbow room when everybody was upstairs, and so quickly made uh, my way downstairs, and, um, yeah, I didn't have much done to me, really, and I did help four, no, three people achieve a total of four orgasms mm-hmm. with my assistance. Um which I always enjoy doing. I, I saw, I saw a couple nice scenes of rope work. Um, seemed like a common thing was to put people in the uh, the leather straitjacket, which has a yes. lot of anchor points to it. And then I saw one guy tied to a bed, and then brought off. And then another yep. guy tied to an examination table and played with and brought off. Uh, almost brought off. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, he the the one who was tied to the examination table. Um, was not quite able to get off when he was tied up because the way he is wired, he needs to have his nipples worked on in some way. Okay. And that particular straight jacket does not offer access to the nipples. Okay. Um, so once he got out of the straight jacket, um, I clamped onto his nipples and he beat off a little bit, and then there was a, a nice, wonderful release. So I count him as one of the four. Okay, there was. Uh, I mean, other than that, I mean, you know, I, I was just seeing some, you know, just casual nudity and groping and people having fun and, you know, just kind of lots of people sitting around waiting for something to happen and some people, a few yeah. people instigating stuff. But it was kind of, you know, it is an older crowd. I mean, it I, is. I asked you about because you went when you were much younger. For a span of time, yes, and you would yeah, said that, that it was back like much in more ninety nine two thousand. Yeah, and it was much more active and like things happening a lot more kind of involved scenes. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I think you know it's the, just the the nature of it that a lot of, you know tend to be older and not quite as, I mean, still sexy and sexual, but not as active. So there's, I mean, I think that's the thing with the youth is, you know, when you have young guys together, it's like okay. You have to be burning calories and sweating. You know, that, that's what sex right. is about. Action, moving, pounding, doing constantly changing positions. And you get older and you get more like, okay, body contact. I mean, I saw a couple just naked on the bed. Just very casually, very slowly touching each other, slowly jerking. You know, people still came. But it was yes. just like very slower and just much more relaxed. And honestly, I think you know, a couple times I looked and it looked like someone had dozed off while I, being I, I think I think that did happen. But you know, that's that's yeah. kind of the the beauty of you know, fu- you know, fucking when you're older. It's just like you just take your time. 
it's like, you know, you enjoy it and it's not a race anymore. It's like, okay, do enough to keep me hard and then eventually bring me off. But, you know, I don't have to make it an Olympic event. <laughs> yeah, no, the, it's too tiring and the parts hurt too much the next uh-huh. day. I think that's when you realize, like, oh, I had lots of fun. Ouch. Uh, what Ouch. Was it? Yeah. Someone says um, when um, Tylenol becomes a recreational drug. <laughs> you know, that's why I heard someone describe. It's like, yeah, I had a good time. I had to, you know, take the painkillers because I ache. Or with the Leonard Cohen line, I ache in the places I used to play. Like, <laughs> I know that. Yes, I, I, yes, I, yes, the pleasant memory aches and... Yeah, I mean, so I saw just some nice, you know, and then um, some people just enjoy, I mean, it's not even, like, what do you call it, sexual. Um, I mean, in pup turns, it's scritching, you know. Some yep, people there, like there's their a head, lot of scritching Like their on. head scratched, and it's funny because I kind of mentioned that he makes cat sounds when you do it. Yes. And, and not like <laughs> kitten sounds, but like Tomcat growls and... And it's like, okay, um, so it's like cat play? I guess that could be a thing. Yeah, I, I don't think he would self-identify as a cat, mm-hmm. um, but he has had cats his entire yeah. life. So I, I think the behaviors and modes have rubbed off on him. Um, and yeah, he really likes, and as, as long as I've known him, he has always liked getting his head scratched <laughs> like that. And yeah, so um, but yeah, so uh, it was it was fun. Um, I think the you know the closest I got to a scene was looking at the St Andrew's Cross and figuring out how we could like saran wrap mummify someone to it because mm-hmm. we were like trying to. I was like, well, could we do this? Because you could wrap the individual limbs. I also right. had a little epiphany that well, the thing that looked the most annoying would be having your arms up. For an extended mm-hmm. period of time, well, if you just put them up to your side and just have them strapped to your body, strapped to the cross, yeah, you don't need to have them. You know, you don't need to be spread eagle on it. You could just be standing upright and use it as an anchor point. I mean, yeah, that's 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 what that basement is missing. It needs a supporting post. Like you know, normally they tend to be worked into the walls, but sometimes in a basement you'll just see that iron post, you know, floor to ceiling, and like that could be a lot of fun with one of those, just tying people to that. Hmm. Yeah, and just part of the you know, like you know, just part of the fixture. You know, just the way the place is designed. There's no supporting right, no, no. columns no, accessible. Right, and I'm also thinking about the basement at Detroit Bondage Club, mm-hmm. and there are two iron poles down there, but one of them is being used for as a vertical support for the web. Okay. And the other one is way too close to the boiler. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's not a possibility. But there's so many other bondage options at yes. DBC. Um, and the web takes care of, of most of that. With, but I just think, you know, basically tying someone to a pole. You know, that that seems a classic. Or, or saran wrapping somebody mm-hmm. to a pole. I mean, I remember um, that came up on my Facebook that, yeah, some frat boy got pranked and he got saran wrapped to a telephone pole mm-hmm. and the the caption under it was like damn last time i had to pay fifty dollars to have that mm-hmm. done to me uh was he clothed um there was enough saran wrap that i'm not sure okay see because when i was in college uh i lived in some dorms that were across the street from fraternity and 
And a very common or popular thing to do was to, um, you know, someone was showering in the middle of the day to get a bunch of guys and grab them out of the shower and carry them over your shoulders to the other side of the street and dump them on a sunbather. And it's like, that's, yeah, that's rude. Um, in so many ways, uh, it's a violation of so many things, including, uh, well, let's see, I'm sure the sunbather hadn't consented to have someone uh, yes. dump them. Uh, naked and probably soapy. Um, the poor person taking a shower, it's like, you know, then being trucked out naked. And it's like, you know, you basically are potentially setting them up to be a sex offender. Because they're yeah. exposed. Um, the, the best time I saw it was, though, it was done in the winter. And they did it and dropped them in a snowbank. And then the guy just stood up, brushed off the snow, and just started wa walking back slow pace with the rest of the guys as if, you know, whatever. You're trying to embarrass me? <laughs> Fuck you guys. I'm just going to walk back with you. Fuck this. I'm going to own it. And, well, and then he finally ran when they started pelting him with snowballs. Because I guess they were like, oh, you're not giving us the humiliation we think you should be. It's like, um... I saw him naked. He had nothing to be humiliated about. Yeah, he's proud of the equipment he's packing. Even in the winter, he looked fine, you know, standing out there in the snow, and he's like, okay. Again, owning it. It's like, you know, it's like, hey, you going to shame me? Whatever. <laughs> but uh, no, so number six was, you know, nice. Um, yeah. We were there, uh, you know, made it to about 11 or so, and it's like, okay, time to go home. Yeah, about 10, 30, 11, and yeah, we weren't the first ones out the door. No. Um, we weren't the last ones either, and we left in, in the middle of a, a nice blowjob going on. But oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, my energy was just yeah. I I was I was done being kinky for the day. Mm -hmm. What a concept that I have limits. <laughs> oh, but that's so. about it. Yeah, gossip wise, that's about it. I'm afraid it's like you know with that number six was about the only event we, you know, there's no first Fridays, no. Um, you know, no outside play, it seems. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the outside play, yeah, completely fell apart. And then, of course, coming up, Memorial Day weekend. Oh, IML? Is IML. And Bear Fest and, and Shabari Con. And it's like, lots of stuff in, happening in Chicago. And I'm not going to be there. <laughs> well, it's sad, too. I have a friend who's, he's been going to it regularly for years and always volunteers and, you know, just doesn't have the money to do it. And last year... He was surprised because he had volunteered so often. They gave him a comp, you know, uh, you know, hey, here's some money to come. And I was like, wow. And he's like, okay, I will go. And then the issue I asked, you know, this week is like, are you going? And he's like, eh, no. I was like, oh, that's sad. Because, I yeah. mean, it's something he's done every year and he enjoys. But, you know, it's just like, okay. Derek, who wrote us the uh, one of the Claw recaps, okay. mentioned that at Claw he won. Uh, oh, that's right, a, a, package. a package to uh, IML. Um, so, Derek, let us know um, if you were able to make it to IML, and um, if so, um, whichever details you feel <laughs> comfortable sharing with our audience, which averages about seventy-five. Thank you days. so much, you. Th you thank you, you, all seventy-five of you. You, you pervy makers, you. Yes, I'm trying to figure out a nice. Ter term for listeners because other podcasts I listen to I know there's one I listen to that they, they're always calling their listeners gorgeous listeners you gorgeous listeners um, another one calls their listeners heroes like hello heroes I'm like oh that's nice and I'm like can we call and because there's people listening to us which is frightening actually <laughs> but um, and I'm like oh well pervy and in theory we're crafters uh, in theory 
So makers is like oh pervy makers maybe who knows? Uh, well, we'll uh, rack our brains over the the next two weeks, and if our listeners have uh, suggestions, uh, suggestions, or you know what did what you want to be called? Um, like I know one uh, bear podcast calls the listeners cublets. So it sounds like something you eat, and uh, yeah, not in a fun <laughs> way. It probably involves corn, which sounds disgusting. <laughs> not a fan of corn or peas. Corn? I don't remember eating corn. And that's part of the reason. Gross. <laughs> I don't like scatological humor. It's just not my thing. These, uh, what was the, uh... Oh, so yeah, so number six listeners, uh... Oh, yeah, tell us about your IML stories. Uh, take pictures. Send us pictures. I yeah. remember, well, talking take, about... Take video. <laughs> well, uh, talking about, um, you know, pictures of people tied to poles. Um, mm-hmm. That's one picture I have from IML... Uh, was coming down the stairwell, and a guy is just, you know, bound to a one of the poles in the stairwell. You know, the um, the piping and all that. And you know, he's his shirt's pulled up over his head, uh, you know, behind his neck, um, and the pants were down and uh, pulled off and out of reach. And he was just there, and we're coming down the stairs, and he just smiles at us, and we're like, "Hey, and okay, this is just something going on." And <laughs> I think I had my camera, and I like held it up and kind of made eyes at him. I was like, may I? And he's like, feel free. And I was like, okay. Cool. So I do have this lovely picture of a guy tied up to a pole in the stairwell. <laughs> um, <laughs> cool. So, uh, yeah, all sorts of wild things happen at IML. And, uh, on the, and there's a lot of fun things on the uh, display floor. Um, you know, I've seen some interesting things, you know. Well, again, uh, I think one was a guy completely tied up and bound and gagged, but had... I think one of his hands held out with the business cards for the business. So it was kind of a living, living business card holder. And I was like, that was cool. Oh. Um, so yeah, IML, I mean, it's... Well, and I had a friend who was uh, debating going to it. And he was like, oh, I could go, but I also have this other... A friend's birthday party to go to. I'm like, go to the birthday party. IML's fun, but it's a bit, giant shopping experience. Yeah. And knowing this guy, he doesn't have, you know, the money to go shopping for some fun stuff. You know, at this moment in life, and it's like I can understand where that comes from. Um, and uh, you know, it's like, no, why? Why do you want to see this stuff that you can't? Yeah, the, can't afford right now. Yeah, um, it, it is the to me at least is a leather mall. Uh, and he was hoping I yeah. think maybe like hijinks or fun would happen. I'm like, it, you know, it does, but you got to make your own fun. You have to. You have to like know people who are having parties. Um, it's not a big. You know, there's a lot of people wandering around in leather, but. My experience was it's not it's not as cruisy as in hey let's find a corner and do stuff. It was more hey um, look at me look at me look at this cool thing I bought. Um, yes, you know, worship me, but no, don't touch. <laughs> yeah, and you know, like I said, my friend who goes regularly, he always has more action usually at whatever hotel or hostel he's staying at than at the event itself. Oh yeah, because yeah. he's always got in trouble too for fooling around. I know some people almost got kicked out of the uh, pup play party. Because they started getting a bit too rambunctious and sexual, and they're like, "No, you, this isn't a place for getting sexy." And I was like, "Okay." So it's like, yeah, you really have to be horrible to get kicked out of a IML event for being too naughty, I guess. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it depends on where the event is, and but yeah, and unlike Claw, which has got you know lots of parties. That are set up by Claw Corp, mm-hmm. and the um, 
classes. I mean, there are no classes at IML. Yeah. It, it's the contest and a couple of dances and then a lot of stuff just surrounding that maelstrom of all of this gay leather in mm-hmm. one place. Um, it's definitely something to experience, but... It, 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 I recommend every kinkster go at least once in their life. Um, and when you're in Chicago, stop by Ann Sather and get a cinnamon roll. Mm. <laughs> I guess those are so good. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of people watching. It, it, it's a feast for the eyes, but, you know, for, you know, there's a $10 pass, or at least two years, two years ago? Yeah, two years ago, um, was a $10 pass to get into the vendor mart. And then, you know, transportation and food and lodging and whatever I end up what I ended up buying. Yeah. Last time I was there, it ended up being kind of expensive mm-hmm. and more than, than I'm able to swing right now. And I'm not able, I don't have the PTO lined up for it. So I'm going to have to wait until November, uh, to get out to Chicago. And, uh, what's happening in November, Mr. International rubber. Okay. First weekend in November. Um, and well, that'll be interesting. So, at least you gotta have something kinky lined up. Yes, and I'll swing by the leather archives and get myself a Chicago dog and eh, do a experience more of Chicago and have a fun time out in November. But that's a while yet, so uh, I might not be alive. Yeah, that that was the other thing about number six. Boy, I mean, I guess maybe we're just feeling you know this grim Old. specter of death, but. Lots of depressing conversations. Grim about, specter of Trump. Uh, no, it's just general. Um, I don't even think it was political. It's just think uh, age. You know, <laughs> I, I I know my topics were all personal based, and not even based on you know what's happening. You know, we mm-hmm. we, we could have a lesbian socialist in office right now, and I'd still be having you know the life I'm having. <laughs> I'd be more hopeful of the world, but you yeah, know, there's a difference. Um, so yeah, there's uh yeah, just I think just. I don't know, something in the water, but, you know, it, it was a lot of really kind of distressing conversations happening. I was like, oh, shit. I didn't pay too close attention to them, but I do know that at one point I was, I intentionally grabbed and applied um, hearing protectors mm-hmm. to my, to the guy I was working over. Because I was like, if, if we end up focusing on that conversation... Mm-hmm. You know, especially when you're blindfolded uh, and tied up, it, yeah. it's very easy to have your mind latch on to something that you're hearing. I'm like, mm-hmm. like, no, don't focus on what you're hearing. Focus on what you're feeling. <laughs> and I, I want to feel your dick get hard and then get soft again. <laughs> Expert portion. Oh, so much more. Show. I mean, it's, yeah, I wouldn't even... It's not really a topic per se. Well, I mean, you you brought up the the topic and the and a concept that I'd like you to talk a bit about um, a uh, fuck posse. Oh, well, I was <laughs> going to put it that way. I was going to save it and build up to it. But thanks for <laughs> popping that. Oh, yes. Yeah, um, start with the punchline. Yeah, it's like okay. Um, no, it's just um, actually. Okay, I was, d- d- was going to d- have you edit it so we could build up to it because that yeah. my whole spiel <laughs> was to build up to actually then revealing it. But All right, well that's the- okay. Now that's okay. Now, um, right. I, I should have known you'd ruin everything. <laughs> yes, yeah. everything is horrible and it's all my fault. I think I'll move to Australia. Um, the uh, 
No, um, it would come up it has come up a couple times was mm-hmm. uh, just someone online, you know, hey, I'm horny, want to do something, but then you, know, you kind of get to what they want to do, and they'll be like, well, I really want to have multiple guys doing stuff with me. And it's like, you know, I want to, you know, I want to be on my knees with a bunch of guys standing in front of me with their dicks out so I can have a cock buffet. Or I really want, you know, a whole line of guys just using my ass. And it's like, okay, well, that's a fine fantasy. It's like. That's a lot of work. Well, yeah, it's a lot of work for, you know, the people organizing the group. Because invariably what they say is something along the lines of, hey, uh, do you have some friends who can, you know, help me with this? And they are expecting you to, you know. And I'm like. I don't really. I mean, I have no. situations that yeah. I could because I'm thinking, well, and usually what I tell them is like, well, first of all, we'd have to do something one-on-one because, A, I have to find out that you're not a flake, <laughs> you know. Not a flake, not a psycho, yeah. Yeah, it's like if I'm going to be introducing you to a crowd of people I know that we're going to get, you know, I definitely want to make sure, or bring you to like a, a dungeon event because, I, you know, one guy was like, well, I really want to be watched while things are happening. I'm like, that's easy. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> twice a month I go to places where... We can have, you know, we, it can just be fun between the two of us, but there'll be many eyes watching if that's what you want. And, uh, you know, if you want others to join, that's acceptable too. So, um, we, uh, what was it? Um, oh, so, you know, I was, but I thought but I need to meet them first to make sure it's like, if I'm bringing them to DBC or number six, yeah, I want to vet them myself to see. Okay. Of course. It's just some, because a lot of times they also are involved. They ask if I want, if I like to party. And I'm pretty sure they mean, oh, drugs. And I'm like, yes. nope. It's like, uh, I, you know, the most drugs I introduce with sex are a bit of light alcohol just to take the, you know, social anxiety off while I'm, you know. You're, you're not even big on poppers. I uh, know. I, I, I've never really felt much from them. I've tried a couple times and I was like, okay, I'm not really feeling something from this. So maybe a brand, you know, maybe they're weak. Maybe I just didn't get enough of a hit, but I'm like, Okay. Um, I'm the same way with pretty much everything other than alcohol. It's like I've tried pot a few times. And it's mm-hmm. like, eh, no real sensation I really want to replicate. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it doesn't really make me mellow. Um, it just makes me a little intellectually fuzzy. I'm like, that's not something I don't want. That's going to happen naturally anyways. Yeah. And I live pot. in fear of those days. So it's like, no, let's not bring this on. Yeah. Pot makes me unpleasantly fuzzy and I get the munchies. and. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm I'm not I don't enjoy the high from pot. So <laughs> But no, alcohol, you know, a low level where it just, you know, yeah, it, it, that's kind of my golden zone is like a, just enough to like feel more comfortable socially, so I'm a bit more I don't know if I'm a bit more myself, but I'm a bit more someone who's a lot more fun to be around, at least to a certain point. I'm sure at some point I would just get to be too much, but um, don't don't know that at that point don't care um, uh, and I haven't seen you get to that point on a first Friday so it uh, pr- probably take quite a few drinks it does I think my liver is too too efficient damn it I used to be a super cheap date two drinks and I was fuzzy enough or buzzy enough to you know and then now it's like okay that's not quite doing it anymore well the, it's because you're part of a drinking club that has a running problem that does it too um but we don't really even do that much and now uh one of the major people in that just uh they just had a baby uh two days ago so i think that might be uh you know another thing setting us behind (laughs) making that something that won't be happening as often um but oh about this so like i said um because the term i thought of the term you know um well, I thought of a couple of terms. Um, one term I thought of was, you know, Dan Savage coined or helped coin the term pegging 
for mm-hmm. when women strap on a dildo and fuck a guy. And right. Like, he kind of crowdsourced his listeners, say, hey, what should this be called? Which led to a fun thing. I listened to a podcast where they're talking about pegging, but the 80s practice of wrapping your jeans tight around your ankle and then rolling them up so they're kind of snug around your ankles. Mm-hmm. I guess that was a fashion thing for a while. Uh, for about five minutes in the 80s, yeah. And uh, so they're going out about pegging, pegging, pegging. <laughs> and then the next episode, they're like, yeah, we forgot that there's another definition of that. So, okay, no, we're definitely talking about the fashion. And I'm like, okay, this is amusing to hear. <laughs> Especially from like the official Dungeons & Dragons podcast produced by the company itself. It's like, okay. <laughs> um, they're kind of irreverent about stuff. There's pegging, and I think in terms of uh, porn buddies... Which is a sadness, because in our culture, a porn buddy is someone that, okay, something horrible's happened to you, you're indisposed, you're in the hospital for an extended time, or you're dead. And the porn buddy is the person who has the key to your place, who gets to your place before your family to hide and you know remove all the uh, sexy stuff. Mm-hmm. I've heard of that, and which is sad, because to me, what a porn buddy should be is someone you watch porn with. Not necessarily someone you're attracted to, just someone that you feel comfortable enough around sexually that you can pop in a video and have fun, you know, sitting, you know, on the same couch. Okay, bro. And, uh, yeah, it's like, um, you know, I I wish we had a society where that was more common, like, especially, like, among straight guys, that they're, you know, they, they just are comfortable enough with themselves that they can be, you know, dick out next to each other, jerking off, and it's, like... They don't even have to worry about no homo or shit like that. It's like, whatever, we both like this, cool. Um, or I thought the ideal society is one where men and women could basically be, you know, friends who are not interacting sexually or interested in each other sexually would be comfortable enough to basically fiddle, you know, fiddle themselves while watching porn. Because that would be, a, that's, the, that's the future liberals want. <laughs> because it, basically, think of it, it A would mean, uh, we're pretty well past rape culture or thinking of, you know, the opposite gender as, you know, that thing just to be used. If you could actually be jerking off and next to, you know, if you're a guy and straight and next to a woman who's masturbating and it's not dangerous for either of you, that's amazing. Also, I think a lot of misogyny would be out because it's like, hey, we can interact with each other in a weird, in a sexual way and it's not there's not power plays or threats or stuff going on. It's like, that would be a great culture. <laughs> we could have co-ed true porn buddy. <laughs> um, especially if they made, made Mystery Science Theater 3000 as they're doing. It, we, we've done that often enough at the bad porn at DBC. Mm-hmm. So. But no, so um, no, but what is porn buddy? A porn buddy is someone who's supposed to break into your house to make it so that your parents can have plausible deniability that you're a fucking sexual entity. And it's like, that's a fucking sadness. You know? It's like, oh no, can't let my parents know that I have sex or I'm turned on by stuff. And it's like, that's a sadness. That we are that erotophobic in our lives that that's what porn buddy means. So, fuck posse. (laughs) Fuck posse. Those are the friends who, again, you might not be sexually attracted to, Mm -hmm. but you're comfortable enough around that you're willing to share, you know, a submissive with, you know, it's like, hey, there's this mouth or ass that really wants to be used by a whole bunch of people. Hey, fly up the flag and see who shows up in, you know, an hour's notice. And it's like, that would be a fuck. I'm like, do I have a fuck posse? I'm like, I don't think so. Uh, No, not really. But everyone should. Again, in the world that we I want to live in, everybody has a fuck posse that they can, you know, at least make the call out to and see how many people show. The the total top network. <laughs> or, you know, 
or it could be all bottoms and you know it's like hey there's this guy who just really wants to fuck a whole bunch of guys let's line up for him oh. or, or versatility but no it, that would be a nice I think you know like I said and it's just funny that there's these guys who are talking to me obviously think that that must be a thing that hey you have a bunch of friends you're willing to have sex in front of and it's like I would like that but not really we yeah. don't I don't have that I do have the option of dungeon parties to take people to, so... Right, and my general response to those requests have always been, well, I'd be happy to be part of the gang that's banging you, mm-hmm. but you have to do the legwork to get the rest of the tops. Because, oddly enough, as a mostly top on these hookup apps, I tend to connect more with bottoms than I do with other tops. Mm-hmm. Gee, I wonder why that is. So, yeah, it, you know, I'll, I'll be happy to be part of a bukake or a gangbang or whatever you want, but no, I mean, if, if you're like, going to be the center of attention, you have to put forth the yeah. effort to make it happen. It's like you're the one who's like, hey, I got all these tops who want to do me. Would you guys be willing to do it in the same room? And I was like, it's funny because I know a guy who's like, nope, he doesn't want to ever be part of a group thing because he's possessive. If he's doing someone, he knows that he's not the only one who's going to be doing stuff with that person, but he doesn't want any evidence that he's not. He wants to have that idea that, no, I when I'm with someone, I want them to, you know, be focused on me. I don't want them to be sharing attention or other dicks in the room, you know, attracting their attention. It's about mine. And it's like, okay. So, yeah, he'd, he'd you know, not be a, a good fuck right. uh, candidate. True. Also the fact that he's, you know, this guy's straight, so... And just has no concept why anyone could find an a-, a hairy guy ass attractive. And it's like, oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I would not. Has I would it, not be able to explain it to you due to lack of points of commonality. I, I can't. I can't draw the line from where you are. Um, well, I just think failure of imagination. It's like I can understand attractions that I don't have. It's like, oh, you know, someone who's really into breasts is like cool breasts are completely in all points to me it's like okay they're there but i don't they're, even they're notice. there they're a thing um I, I mean i'm not one of these gays who's oh my god boobies you know they're so cool i was like no they're, just, they're there they have a function in yeah. theory <laughs> um well you know i i can i do have to admit though that i have had a moment of possessiveness mm-hmm. pounding the pounding away at <laughs> this one guy and he would not get off his phone. I tried a couple of subtle hints, but eventually I had to pull out, put my pants back on, and say to him, well, apparently the man in your ass is not as important as the other person on that phone. So I'm going to leave you two alone. And, yeah, I'm out of here. Peace out. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I yeah, like I said, I had not that extreme, but yeah, you know, it's like etiquette for a first date, or a, you know, maybe the other person wasn't seeing it as a date, but mm-hmm. um, you know, two things you shouldn't do: uh, make vocal the uh, when you're checking out other guys, or be too obvious about it because we all are. We're like you know, even if you're on a first date, you're still seeing you know the other guys in the room who are attractive and appraising them, but you you know don't leer and don't say wow. I really would like to see him naked or wow, he'd be a lot of fun in bed. It's like, okay, 
that's, that's something that old married couples say, yeah. or you know, or when there's a bit more established and you're comfortable with each other, then bring that up. Or or, or you're a lot more casual that that you're just you know two gay guys hanging out having a cup of coffee. Oh, friends, and you know a, a guy wearing gray sweat shorts and no underwear walks by. You can tap him on the shoulder, both tilt your head and go, damn. Not, not on a first date. <laughs> no, not on a first date. Um, on a first date, it should be about the other person. At least pretend. Or, um, again, then being on your phone, texting with somebody, it's like, oh, got to take this. And it's like, no, you don't. Unless you're an open heart surgeon and you're you're doing, about to do a heart transplant and you're waiting to hear that they have the heart at the hospital, you don't need to be checking your phone that often. Yeah. yeah. Or even if it's something is going on, excuse yourself, take a smoke break, or go to the bathroom and check you know check it there surreptitiously. But it's like, but the you know, first date etiquette. Yeah. No. The the other first date etiquette um, that I want to share with the world is when you're on a first date. You have no exes. Oh. I, I've had a first date where he would not stop talking about the ex. Mm-hmm. And what's worse is that it wasn't even a recent ex. Mm-hmm. They've been broken up for five years. But it was... It always looped back to the same guy. And I'm like... Oh, you're not over him. Yeah. Not, not even after five years. This person has a lot of mental real estate in your head. And it's like, okay. Yes. Let it go. Let him go. It's been five years. He moved out of state, got married, had had two kids. You're not getting him back. Let it go. Well, now, I think it'd be valid to bring up the points that that brought up to you. And you say, well, you know, I'm a little leery of, you know, commitment because... You know, I, I you know worry you know I worry about you know well or maybe you know I'm I'm very leery of you know buys because you know mm-hmm. in the past I've you know had interest in people who then you know went over onto the other side and you know and, I, and that could lead to some interesting conversations or it could be revealing too much. It's like really, it's like so you're not going to sleep with bisexuals? Well, check please. <laughs> Things like that, or, you know, it's like okay, well, but, before, but that that. that... Sure, that's something that you want to get up and, and air that out early. Because, well, or like uh, you're terrified of or terrified of commitment. Probably not a good first date topic, but it's something real. But then it's not tied to. Yeah, I mean, the trouble with first dates is it's usually lying. So much lying. You're you're it's your best of you know hits. It's like okay, this is the cool <laughs> things about me. I'm going to leave out all the real stuff and all right. the stuff that you're eventually going to find out and end up hating. But you know, it's like. And I remember a guy who was just like, no, no, it's like, you let them know a bit, you know, don't pretend to be this other person. And it's like, but it's a, it's a weird line to, yeah, to travel because you've got to try and put your, you know, it's like a job interview. You're putting your best foot forward, mm-hmm. but again, yeah, there is something vague. You're really dishonest about it where you're basically just, okay, what kind of person do I think you want? And I'm going to be as close to that as possible. Cause that's the other thing too. No one's like even sharing their you know, their best selves, they're trying to figure out, okay, what is, what are they into? Oh, I could be that. And, you know, it's like, it, it's fundamentally, I think all of dating <laughs> and, and relationships, fundamentally dishonest. <laughs> That's why I want computers to do it for us. I want that app where you just 
take some personality profiles. The, your app knows you better than you know yourself. It pings out there and it's like, oh, there's a match. And it says, hey, 50 feet that way. This person. <laughs> fuck them. Yeah. And it's like, what? And it's like, uh, but I like the other one. No, no, this one. <laughs> I, I trust me. It's uh, like, well, okay. I have a feeling that, you know, that app comes out, becomes reasonably ubiquitous, and you're like, okay, what, what's the nearest match to me? 3,000 miles. Fuck! And then, it like, the the these pop-up ads that show up are all things about, you know, estate planning. And just, <laughs> you know, and just, just things like, hey, uh, you Get know, pets, gar- pets, you know. Guaranteed accepted life insurance. Pet, pet, ad- pet adoption agencies. Uh, you know, there's a... You know, it's like, hey, ice cream. <laughs> the, the only person, ice cream and cats. The only person you're going to get along with are continents away. You might as well just give up and quit the gym and just have a life worth living, enjoying other things. <laughs> Lots of porn, maybe porn hubs and things like that. Yeah. But no, I would, yeah, leave it to the machines because I think people just really suck at finding the right ones for themselves. Because it's like, even when you find that couple that's like, really clicks and is mm-hmm. wonderful and will probably die together, how many false starts do they go through to before they found that? Oh, yeah. They, I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. every person they dated up to that point was, you know, uh, and calling anything a failed relationship, I think, is also bullshit. Because each one teaches us something about ourselves and mm-hmm. what's the purpose of a relationship? Is it forever and ever or is it just like, hey, let's each learn something about ourselves and yeah. or become better people through it. I think that's a successful relationship, no matter how short it is. Yeah. No, I, Dan Savage mentioned on a recent podcast that when you're in your twenties, you should have a lot of short relationships. Mm-hmm. You should have a lot of, you know, quote unquote failed relationships. There should be lots of breakups because that's what you do in your twenties. You experiment, you're finding out who you are and what you like and, Trying to find that match. Well, there's a scientist. She made a um, a algorithm for, you know, who who basically you settle for, you know, when mm-hmm. you're dating. And I think you have to go on. You have to have you have to date seven different people to make a baseline. And then uh, you think of who was you know you think of what's in the middle of that baseline. And the next person you date that's above the fifty percentile of those seven is the one you just you know go with. And it's like because you know the. And doesn't matter how good or bad those first seven were, you need to establish a baseline and figure out what's out there. And then after that, it's like, oh, and and it sounded kind of interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, can't just let uh, relationships and love, you know, be in the purview of emotions. Emotions will lie to you. Emotions make us do stupid things. Reason. We need to be Vulcans about it. <laughs> And then every seven years, just, you know, pond fire our brains out. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, so there's fuck posses. And I think uh, another, uh, you had another uh, topic or a thing you wanted to bring up for. Um... Oh, yeah. And we, we've got time for this. It came to my attention through Facebook um, that a leather vest that has... The Chicago Hellfire Club membership patch on the back of it uh, has appeared for sale on eBay. Um, And this was, looked it up, it was from a professional estate sale company. So somebody who had this vest passed away and their family 
hired this estate sale company to clean out the house and you know sell things at auction or e well eBay apparently for for some of it um, and and basically an alert went out in my groups saying this vest needs to be rescued um, that it needs to end up in the hands of somebody who understands fully what it is um, and lots of people saying that either it needs to go back to Chicago Hellfire or go to the leather archives um, last I heard and th this conversation fell off my list so I don't know how things have updated but that uh, Chicago Hellfire Club and leather archives are aware of the sale and that they are working on it and that's all, all the information I have um, which I you know yeah. that's sort of the conversation we had on the way over to number six yesterday was because you brought that up and I, my thought was like well but okay I guess who really has ownership of that patch I guess you know um, it's you know something that you know someone bought you know I'm assuming and then you know put on their own now was it I think different than like because you've come across um, an item that was a, a award item yes. for someone. Yes. But then I'm like, that's why I was first thinking. But is this membership patch? Does it have a unique number or name on it, or is it no, no that there, no it, it is the same patch worn by all members. Okay. Um, yeah, there and I didn't. There were no uh, Hellfire run patches on it either. It was just the membership. Okay. Because, you know, it's one of those things that it's like, yeah, I guess ownership of that. It's, you know, it can be kind of like a, you know, it just seems to me, you know, because I think the discussion was, well, it belongs to the club. And it's like, but does it? You know, I even in their own bylaws, I'm all like, you know, it's like, I guess, you know, the thing is by having the patch, does that mean... You know, you gain entry into events. I mean, is it kind of like a, you know, transferable thing? Could right. someone buy this and then say, oh, look, I'm a member of this club now because I have the patch? And, you know, I, I doubt it because I imagine that being a member is much more than simply, you know, right. owning this thing. But, it was, yeah, it just seemed to me, you know, we had a discussion about legalities. Like, well, you know, could it be illegal to sell this thing? Right. What was the patch and or the, the entire vest itself, mm -hmm. you know, not necessarily sold to this person, but loaned to them uh, by the club? You know, and, and I I don't know. I'm not a member of uh, Hellfire. And well, I know that you if any of our listeners have facts on the matter, we'd love to hear them. Um, but also because yeah. um, you're talking about how some people online were very like incensed and you know very angry about this the sale happening and i was like you know kind of dismissive of it and then you mentioned you were one of the angry ones yeah i'm just kind of I'm, uh, yeah, I, I, would, I was angry you also said it was very late at night and yes I, I was angry when i first saw it um and that was before i knew it was an estate sale oh you thought someone was just selling their own vest yes now, i guess what is the source of that yeah, I guess, yeah, because that's something that occurred to me later. It's like, okay, I'm kind of curious as to what, why was that reaction? How, how did you, why did you have that reaction? I guess uh, because of what the, the the vest represents membership in 
one of the oldest and exclusive and exclusive clubs leather clubs in the country and Mm -hmm. perhaps the world Um, and i have great respect you know that seeing so if i see somebody wearing the chicago hellfire colors Mm -hmm. i have a respect for that person um and the thought of somebody selling that and somebody buying it and possibly wearing it who has not, quote, earned it, mm-hmm. you know, that they're just fronting that they're a member of Chicago Hellfire. That, that's what made me cry. And that's why I could, yeah. and that's something I could agree with you. If someone basically said, oh, there's this really exclusive, or even not, um, maybe just unaware of it. It's like, oh, Hellfire Club, wasn't that from the X-Men? Yeah, cool. And have no idea and just, or thought it was a cool biker gang. Right. You know, and bought it not knowing, you know, that it means something to some people. Right. Um, and, and, you know, yeah. but then that's just, you know, ignorance and not being aware of someone else's, you know, culture or ways. Um, you know, not, not like that ever happens with other groups like, you know, oh, football teams or things like that. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. yeah so the a- ignorant kind of not realizing this meant something. Right. And, um, which, you know, yeah. isn't it? opens up to an educatable moment where someone's like, hey, you know what that is? And it's like, what? And then you explain it. And it's like, yeah, and this is what you'd have to go through to actually have earned that. And it's like, oh, you know, I, I have a friend who does cosplay. He has a really great Chicago police outfit. Can't really get Chicago police patches. You know, they actually say Chicago police. They're very strict about letting those be out. Gee, I wonder why. Already. I mean, yeah. he, when he goes to IML, he already gets asked by tourists. It's like, hey, where's this or that? And, you know, he gets... The hairy eyeball from actual cops, but it's like you know because it is very close, and he has a fake you know a fake gun on the side. Oh boy! So it's like oh okay, um, but you know, but yeah, to make it super authentic, which is getting the right patches that say Chicago Police. Yeah, I you know that's that's impersonating an officer at that point. Yes. Um, but yeah, but then I think even someone aware of it. And then wearing the patch to get that gravitas is like, look at me. Yeah, that's just rude. It's like, yeah, that that's that's tacky. Well, but I mean, but the act of selling it, I'm like, you know, could be someone who fell out with the club, and it's like, eh, I don't want this anymore. If someone wants this as a collectible, or you know, right. And I think the appropriate thing was done that mm-hmm. Chicago Hellfire and Leather Archives were made aware of the sale, mm-hmm. and they will do. Yeah, and, and at that point, I'm like, okay, it, it's in the right hands. The right people have been notified, yep. and they will either work with the seller or, you know, maybe they'll say buy it now. Maybe they they will, um, you know, make also, sure I'm that, that they're at the top bid. Also, I'm wondering, how, how do they feel about the patch? It's like, you know, do they see it as, you know, the, you know, this pinnacle of like, okay, you're part of us, you know, this patch represents that, and... You know, even within the club, is it considered, you know, you know, a very, uh, do they have a very proprietary, you know, possessive quality of the patches? Or they're like, eh, we print them by the hundreds. You know, people get them stained with lots of stuff and go through, you know, five to ten of them in the course of their things. Heck, we, you know, dumped out boxes of them last week in the dumpster and I think some, you know, neighborhood kids got a hold of them. I don't, you know, it's unlikely, yeah, yeah. but I don't even, you know, I guess I'd be curious about their own feelings toward this, you know, this symbol of right. theirs. And, you know, my, and perhaps I'm coming from a weird place, so mm-hmm. my similar story is two years ago now, I think, mm-hmm. um, would have had to, no, would have had to have been after I, 
uh, last time I was in Chicago. Um, I was at Noir Leather, which is uh, a sec- second-hand leather store uh, in Royal Oak. And I was just looking around, seeing what they had, and I saw a belt that said Mr. Detroit Eagle 9596. And my mind immediately went to, this should not be here. This this needs to be... I, I need to rescue this belt and get it to the archives. Uh, or at least offer it uh, to the archives. Because I worry that somebody would, you know, again, who would just think it's a neat belt, mm-hmm. um, would just put it on and, and wear it. And I'm like, no, this is a piece of leather history. And so I asked the salesman, I said, hey, can I get that belt? And they're like, sure. Oh, yeah, there's a vest that goes with it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, let me see the vest. And, yeah, studded leather vest, um... You would always have to wear a T-shirt under it. Um, you couldn't wear just a harness because it's a little rough on the inside. Um, but yeah, the the vest that was awarded with the belt, um, and even though my credit card screamed mm-hmm. at me, I, I could not break up the set. Mm-hmm. Um, I I felt that that would be that the breaking up the set would be worse than leaving both of them. Um, so, yeah, and I'm, I'm never going to wear it. Um, not even on Halloween. And... Well, you bought it in, I, to I, basically get it into other hands that, you know... Yes, that to either return it, it you know, A, I want to find out who this person was. Mm-hmm. And with your assistance, I was able to come up with a name. Um, and doing some research in local leather culture, found out he moved out of the area and has generally left the lifestyle. Now, the other question, too, I think, is what was the source of the belt and vest? Was it made by the Eagle for their contestant? And that yes. was like the prize? Yes, that, okay. that, w- that was part of, that was, instead of getting a sash okay. saying Mr. Detroit Eagle, you got the belt and okay. the vest. Because also knowing yeah. a lot of these contests, you know, a lot of it, you know, travel expenses actually pursuing and, you know, you win it, yay, but then it's all the money is on you to do right, your duties. Right. So there's no big, you know, so there's a lot of times fundraisers for you to be able to carry out your duties as what, you know, whichever level it is. So I was wondering if they had made it or if, you know, he'd had it made himself to show, okay, look, I won this, cool. And now I've had this vest made to show that I won. Because, you know, if that's the case, then it's completely, see, because it's funny, you see that and you think of the, the organization and what it represents. Mm-hmm. I think of the individual who won it. And for me, it's like it's up to the person who won it to do with as they please. It's like, or even the Hellfire patches, it's like, you know, you bought it. Okay. <laughs> like Eddie Izzard has that wonderful joke about people say, well, why do you wear women's clothing? And he's like, I paid for them. They're mine. <laughs> it's not women's clothing. It's, <laughs> it's my, my clothing. clothing. I paid for it. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, yeah. And, you know, I don't want to be crass, but yeah, we're, you know, follow the money. Who paid for it? That's kind of the possession of it in a way. Um, but yeah, in this case, yeah. So there's, it's an award. You know, the person, I guess, gave it up willfully. But it would be nice for it to go back into the community. Right. You know, just because it's an, it's a bit of history. Um, but, again, yeah, it's like the trappings of all this stuff. It's cool, but they're things, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, you only, you know, how many, you know, I, I think it's more important, you know, for the individual and the memories. Because, you know, there's, 
And, you know, I see that in um, a lot of, you know, uh, archives, uh, gaming archives, like, you know, original manuscripts or products or the original paintings that were some of these covers to books. Mm-hmm. It's like where, you know, when you see that, it'd be nice to, you know, get it. And, it, you know, the, the whole thing is that belongs in a museum kind right. of thing. But, you know, in the real world, too, it's like, well, there's only so much space in museums. And, and, True. and if it goes to a museum and all the, the best they can do is package it up and put it in boxes that will be stored in the basement for the next, you know, 50 years because... They don't have any place to display it or do do with it. It's like, it's nice that's archived, I guess. But you know, it'd be better if it was, I guess, used somehow. Mm-hmm. You know, or you know, it's like yeah. So, I, I, yeah, I think we have very different viewpoints on these things. It was nice though. That, yeah, I think yeah, it's better it be in someone's hands who appreciates it than you know, basically used as a Halloween <laughs> decoration yeah, or. Yeah. Or worn by someone who just doesn't get it and might be setting themselves up for a very unfortunate situation with some old guard members at <laughs> some event. <laughs> yeah, that would be a thing. All right. Um, crafting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am continuing on with my cat mat for, mm-hmm. uh, for Capillary Humane Society and looking at the Dalmatian yarn that I'm using... It has actually ended up looking a lot like digital camo. Okay. Um, so, but, yeah, I don't think I'll be getting the Dalmatian again. Um, the The colors just cycle way, way, way too quickly mm. on it for my personal taste. So, but, yeah, it, it's interesting and look, it looked good on the, on the sky and under mm. the harsh fluorescent light mm. of Joanne's. So, um, for me, I haven't really been known doing nothing in the way of crafting, but have seen something that's interesting, like, you know, in the way of crafting, um, mm-hmm. there used to be a great magazine called Craft. It was like a sister magazine to Make Magazine. Okay. And, you know, more craft things. So I was like, oh, something I'm more likely to do than, you know, wire my own lamp or shit like that, or make a computer, you know, anything. Um, but I do like Make, and, you know, they have the Maker Fairs, Humble Bundle. It's a website where you can get sometimes, uh, you know, electronic books, games. They have put bundles together and you, you know, you buy them. And then you get to, uh, some of the money goes to uh, charity. Some goes to the creators of the books. Some goes to the site itself. And I right. think you can actually say what percentage you want going to each. Mm-hmm. And then they make money that way. Uh, you know, it's like, oh, if you donate a dollar, you get these books. Five dollars, you get these books. You can go up. Uh, they have a make... Um, a make bundle that's a lot of books from Make Magazine and the Maker Fair stuff. So, uh, you know, if you're interested in making stuff, uh, yeah, I think Bundle, I think it's called, yeah, Humble Bundle. And they have many of them, mm-hmm. uh, but I think there is one that's all books, you know, digital books from Make Magazine and all that and projects mm-hmm. and stuff. So, uh, you know, look into that because I think they go on for several couple couple weeks or so. So, yeah, usually each bundle runs, Runs about a month. Yeah, so the so. uh, time this episode drops, uh, it should still be available. So, if, you know, that's kind of a crafty making thing. Although I wish it was actual craft because I liked Craft Magazine. There was, it was I was more likely to make, you know, kitsch stuff for my fridge than I am ever going to be to, you know, make my own home security system by scratch. <laughs> uh, I've built computers from parts um, and... I'm glad. I'm glad that some people have those capabilities. I, I hear other people know how to actually, like, you know, make food from raw materials, and God bless them. Otherwise, I would starve. I'm not <laughs> one of them. <laughs> uh, 
and that's I, why I pay people to do it for me. I need to upgrade the RAM in my current computer. Um, wasn't there a, a business that you wanted to oh, um, give a shout out to? Yes, because uh, there was a cool. Um, I followed. I came across them on Facebook because they have hot models modeling kilts, and oftentimes they show a bit too much skin and get in trouble with Facebook. It's called Kilted Bros. Okay, and I think it's gay owned, out of Cleveland. And, you know, just a kilt company. There's lots of kilt companies out there. Alt mm -hmm. kilt, util kilt, sport kilt. But this one seems to be, you know, gay guys making fun kilts for, you know, well, anyone. But uh, but they had two that I thought were of interest for maybe our listeners. Uh, they have one, a bear pride kilt and a pup flag kilt. Okay. Which they make by, uh, they make the kilt and then they use a um, cloth painting technique to put the colors and the bands on. And, okay. Uh, they said it's, it's very durable and it holds up well. Um, you know, the pup kilts, the blue-white um, stripes, mm -hmm. and then with a big red bone at crotch level. I think it's horizontal, because maybe vertical would be just too... <laughs> um, although they did have a lovely picture in one of the things of a man just in a sporan. You know, he wasn't wearing a kilt. He was just wearing the sporan, covering up the bits that would make him illegal to have on Facebook. And it's like, oh. Um, they also have a nice variety of models. Like, they're not just twinks. They're also some bears and, you know, guys, regular guys. So it's like, thank you. Um, uh, yeah, and then the, the bear one has uh, the bear pride colors on the kilt, I think going vertically. And then there's like a big paw print right in the front that has the bear pride colors going horizontally. Okay. So they look they looked quite nice, and um, I don't know how much they were, but, you know, a pup in a kilt, a bear in a kilt, I mean, those are... Two demographics, I think, are very kilt-friendly. Yeah. Well, I, pups, I, I mean, being on all fours is like, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it would be easier to have the, a tail with a kilt than it would with a pair of pants. I don't At know. At least a plug tail. I, I wonder, because there's a lot of material that would be weighing on it. I mean, there's no real... I mean, yeah, pants would be tricky, but the... Um, yeah. There's a, I mean, unless you... Turned it around so it went down, and you know, hmm. I, yeah, it, it's yeah. Well, plus, it, it, if you're wearing anything, really, you should be have wearing a show tail. <laughs> oh, what was the other thing? Oh, and the other thing with kilts, um, which does not seem it seems counterintuitive. It's harder to pee in a kilt than in pants because all that material you have to cinch it up, pull it up, and hold this roll of material above your stuff as you're trying to pee. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's it's it. You would think, oh, it's easier. Nope, uh, because it doesn't open like a curtain in front, like pants can. You know, you unzip and the pants separate side hmm. to side. Kill it, you have to pull it up. And, um, you know, or maybe if you, you know, you learn how to squat, you know, I guess. But um, Or if you're incredibly well hung. Yeah, yeah it's like, you know, but uh, yeah, for the most part, you know, you, I go up to a urinal and I just have to bunch up all this material and hold it above while I'm peeing. And it's like, you think it would be easier, but it's not. Hmm. At least for me. Maybe I'm just doing it completely wrong. <laughs> well, listeners, do you have a kilt and have a technique for, for taking a whiz that's more efficient than Lansing Mike's? Share it with us, please. All right. We are... We've run out of time again. Please send your questions, comments, show ideas, dirty pictures, or project photos to harryprone at gmail.com or tweet at us. We are at harryprone.com. Our theme music is Hotspot by Aux, used under the Creative Commons Attribution License. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We are your hosts, Sir Arcane. And Lansing Mike. Wishing you peace, love, and perversion. Good night. Night. <laughs>